Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. Welcome to another Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. A special one today for a couple of reasons. Yes, it's NFL schedule release. Yes, we have a special guest, Matt Mayako from uh, San Francisco 49ers reporter, who I know very well and is very knowledgeable. But also, this is actually, Matt, the very first podcast I've ever done from surgery. I've done a lot of guest segment hits, but usually I plan the podcast for the office and otherwise. So we're good. Uh, you know, patients, uh, you know, not in the room yet, and nobody's waiting on the table uh, with anesthesia. But our next shoulder patient is uh, live in the room. And I don't think in the background we can see anything that's a HIPAA violation. And I don't think you'll see any blood or guts or, or gore. It is a shoulder surgery. But no, it's not. This one is not a ulnar collateral ligament Tommy John surgery. But welcome to the show, Matt. Yeah, I think I've, I've uh, said the word ulnar collateral uh, more times in the past what's it been now, like five or six months than I did uh, ever before. Covering football, that's not an injury that we often talk about, but uh, we do as it pertains to Brock Purdy, that's for sure. Yeah, so it's interesting. Have people generally now accepted, and we talked about this at Radio Row, have people now generally accepted this is surgery on the Tommy John ligament? It may not be traditional Tommy John reconstruction surgery, but Tommy John ligament and ulnar collateral ligament in the elbow, medial collateral ligament, are essentially synonymous. Well, I think, Dr. Chow, we're, we're not, I don't think people are calling it the Tommy John, you know, so, so I guess if your question is, are we talking about it in terms of Tommy John? No, because it, it as I understand it, and of course, you're, you're the expert on this, the internal brace does allow for a, a quicker recovery time. So it isn't the full scale reconstruction. It's using the, the same ligament. Um, and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm talking to somebody who knows far more about this than me, but as I understand it, you know, a lot of times, you know, when it's a baseball pitcher, it's a repetitive injury. And by the time that ligament goes, it's frayed and it's not, in workable condition with a football player. And such was the case with Brock Purdy when he got injured, throwing the football and Hassan Reddick hitting him. And there was all that trauma on that ligament. It basically snapped or tore and it wasn't frayed though. So it was repairable so that could, it could just be reconnected. You know, you said it very, very well. The only mild modification I would make to what you're saying is you're absolutely right. The baseball pitcher, it's uh, a pair of pants or denim that is frayed over time. The blue jeans become white and see-through, and then there's a hole. Now, of course, that's fashionable and sells for more money, but you get the analogy versus uh, Brock Purdy was it got ripped on barbed wire, the denim. The fabric is still good. In the, and, in the, in the tear is clean. Correct. It's not an attenuated degenerative tear. Look, most baseball pitchers who end up with Tommy John, you watch their final pitch, and it's not extraordinary. It's just that straw that breaks the camel's back. Whereas Brock Purdy in-game, and we talked about it at SIC score, like this is an collateral ligament tear. I, I was watching the game with some friends and and I uh, said there's not he's not coming back and uh all of a sudden he comes back and people are like oh you're wrong I'm like yeah but he's running the ball on third and 13. <laughs> he can't throw the ball now because it's a repair not a reconstruction that's where people say it's not Tommy John traditional surgery but it is the Tommy John ligaments but it's a repair to the same ligament 
The only modification I make is I'm not sure how much difference the internal brace makes or not. It's a proprietary product. Other companies have it. It's a very catchy name, internal brace, right? But the reality is ligament to bone healing is much quicker than a graft becoming a ligament over time. A graft taking, that's where you hear 12 months, 18 months Mm -hmm. for the reconstruction. This is a primary repair with or without the internal brace. The ligament heals more quickly. So that's... That's the positive, right? Yes, that's the positive news. And, And so... I think whether it's the agent or the team or whatever, they've done a masterful job of trying to control the narrative and not mention the words Tommy John because it scares people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they just use the other term, and which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, as we discussed down at the Super Bowl. And kind of as we discussed, he hadn't even had surgery at that point in time, and yet they were saying he's ready for training camp. And we were talking on your show about how I'm not saying he can't be ready week one, but there certainly is question marks. He hasn't had the surgery. It's like saying, you know, the 49ers had a great draft before they even picked. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. And now after surgery, it's like the 49ers had a great draft and nobody's played a game yet, right? I mean, how yeah. do you really know that? And it's not the perfect analogy for the 49ers because they didn't have a lot of draft picks, right, <laughs> as a, the, the trade. But you get what I'm saying. And so now... There's a lot of talk out there, and there was a lot of commentary I saw that he'll be able to start lobbing a ball at three months. Mm -hmm. And then the headlines were he can throw at three months. He'll be ready for the season. Lobbing a ball is different than throwing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, you know, their their plan is, and this is, I think, everything. It's kind of funny, uh, Dr. Chow, because, you know, John Lynch is kind of the eternal optimist. And he's like, hey, he, you know, he's on path. He's, uh, we're, we're encouraged. You know, he could be ready week one. And then Kyle Shanahan is kind of the opposite. I think it's why they work so well together. Kyle Shanahan's like, you know, we don't know if we're going to have him for the four, first four weeks of the season. And so you have this kind of, uh, you know, these two guys who kind of counterbalance each other. But I mean, just to give you a, a quick idea of what, or to give your listeners and viewers a quick idea of what, their expected, anticipated, I would say hoped for time frame is the surgery took place on March 10th and it was delayed about, I think, uh, not nearly, not quite two weeks, but it was delayed right around 10 days, I think, because uh, Dr. Keith Meister, who's the, the orthopedic surgeon of the Texas Rangers, said that he gets his best results when all the swelling is gone. And at that point, the swelling hadn't been gone. So they waited, kind of pumped the brakes on that surgery. They waited a couple of weeks. But the idea was after he had the surgery on March 10th, it would take three months of very light rehab, physical therapy to put himself, to have the healing process take place and put himself in a position where, as you mentioned, he could begin throwing a football. And by throwing a football, we mean like uh, teaching a a two-year-old how to catch a ball, that kind of lopping. (laughs) And then from that point, it's a three-month ramp up to, again, if everything goes well, there are no setbacks, him being what they consider 100%. Again, is that optimistic? Is it reasonable? We don't know. But if that six-month time frame, three months to get to the point where you can start throwing a football, then three months after you start throwing a football to get to the point where you're 100%, now we're talking about six months. Where does that put you? September 10th. When does the NFL season, regular season begin? September 10th. So that's the kind of needle that they're threading in order to even suggest that Brock Purdy will be available to play quarterback for the 49ers in their opening game of the season. Yeah, and, and this is where we said it's possible, but far from a guarantee. And that's Absolutely. where I've said from the get-go. Now, I love John Lynch. I actually know him reasonably. I mean, San Diego guy, right? Uh, so never and, – and, you know, the one thing I got to shout out to your coach, he may be, sound pessimistic – I deal a lot in coach speak, Matt, and I would actually say honest. Mm. I've actually not caught Kyle Shanahan 
in a coach speak fib yet. Mm -hmm. There are times where it doesn't go as he says, but that happens in life. I've pretty much at Sports Injury Central caught every other coach and or GM in the league in coach speak. I mean, you know, we know New England, questionable, questionable, questionable. Actually, Bill Belichick never does coach speak. He just doesn't speak. <laughs> no. You know, Dr. Chow, there's a, a, an instance last year where I asked him about a certain player, and this was kind of off to the side, so I don't want to reveal who the player was, sure. but it, he did tell me that, you know, this was kind of, you know, middle of the season. This guy had been kind of battling some injuries. And I said, do you expect to have this guy back this season? And, you know, the, the, the company line had all always been, you know, he was on IR, but, you know, they were keeping that door open for him to return. And his honest answer was, he goes, we might, but I'm not, I'm not banking on it. I, I'm not figuring on him coming back, but mm -hmm. they keep telling me that he has a chance to be back. Well, you know, he, that player did come back, but it kind of tells you that, you know, in his, you know, he's trying to look at this thing as realistically and also, how do you insulate the team in case that player doesn't come back? And in the case of the 49ers, they've done that with Brock Purdy in the sense that, you know, they already had Trey Lance and he's coming back from an injury of his own that, that uh, lower uh, leg and ankle disruption, but he's, he's cleared, but they went out and they got Sam Darnold and they went out last week or this week and got Brandon Allen, who was the number two quarterback for the past three seasons behind Joe Burrow with the Cincinnati Bengals. So you know, they they certainly want Brock Purdy. They consider him their presumptive starting quarterback, but they've also behind the scenes gone and gotten you know basically three guys in the offseason program right now who are you know depending on you know relatively speaking they're they're capable NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, we talked about that at Super Bowl. There's the 49ers. John Lynch is not dumb. They're going to go get somebody. They need somebody just even for a camp arm, but they're going to get someone who can take snaps. Now, it turned out it's not Kyle Shanahan. Of course, it's not the sexy Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, but these are NFL quarterbacks that can take snaps. So let's go through the other quarterbacks. And uh, Trey Lance, is he really 100%? Look, at the Super Bowl, I felt a little bit, uh, uh, uneasy talking about it, but I saw him come down from some media stages and he was clearly limping on that ankle. Mm -hmm. Is he really 100% now? I think when you saw him, he was just a couple weeks removed from having hardware removed from his ankle. And so he had that follow-up you know, procedure to remove that. Uh, is he 100%? I mean, I certainly can't say that. I haven't seen him on the practice field yet. Right now is phase two of their off-season program. And so phase three will be when they get on the field and they go through OTAs. But he's been cleared to do everything. Um, you know, and of course, in the off-season program, right now, the speed with which they run plays on the practice field is basically walk through speed. So, you know, they're not asking him to get out there and, and run around. And I would suspect that during the OTAs, it'll be very much focused on, you know, plays from the pocket, uh, you know, reading the defense, uh, distributing the football. So I don't know that we're going to see him running around, but he's been cleared to do everything. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the big, you know, He's been in the league two seasons now, and a year ago, uh, he was the number one guy. You know, he was the number one guy, no questions asked, and the team was trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. The trade for Garoppolo didn't materialize. Garoppolo came back to the team, but they were all in on Trey Lance, and they expected to have some really good answers on Trey Lance through the course of the season. Of course, that never happened. Week two, he gets injured. We haven't seen him on the field since. And so um, I, I would say that the bigger questions in my mind about Trey Lance right now aren't physically as far as how is he health-wise. It's just, can he do it? Because we haven't seen him do it. He hasn't played a lot of football. And that goes back, you know, to his college days. He only played one full season as a starter. Really only one season of college football. And now he's been in the NFL for two seasons and he's only played in four games or started four games. So uh, I, to me, the, the bigger questions about Lance are just, you know, 
how how is he? Can he function as an NFL starting quarterback? Well, going back for a split second to Brock Purdy, since you bring up this point about games, Brock Purdy certainly played in college. Brock Purdy has how many games has he started in the NFL now? Uh, let's see, what is it? Uh, I think ten. Oh, it's a little more than I thought. But or eleven, eleven games because okay. I think he started but, eight in the regular season. Yeah. But he's still a rookie, right? He hasn't started seventeen or sixteen games or whatever. How much is there worry in the Bay Area about lack of practice and reps and development for a young quarterback? I mean, this isn't just add water, Tom Brady, and you're ready to go week one. What about the lack of practice time and snaps and development to the next level? Absolutely. That, that's, you know, and I, at, at the NFL annual meeting in Phoenix, John Lynch said, you know, that he's the leader in the clubhouse. He showed enough to be the starter. And, you know, I asked Kyle Sheenahan about, you know, the idea of, um, you know, it's it, relatively a short sample size. I mean, he played very well. There's no question about it. But what made them think that in just that short sample size, you know, he, he wasn't just a flash in the pan or teams won't be able to adjust to him and take stuff away. Um, and they felt like everything that he showed, and it wasn't just on game days, it was just how he approached his job, the questions he asked during the week. I think also a big thing with Kyle Shanahan is he can tell you, you know, he, he will tell the offense, he will tell the quarterback in this down and distance, this team is going to, show us this defense and if we run this play this is going to be open and whereas maybe in the past the, the quarterback wasn't always uh you know not a high percentage of making that play happen with brock purdy it was automatic and so it was stuff like that that really endeared brock purdy to kyle shanahan and so that they believe and what they say, what they saw last season was stuff that was repeatable, not stuff that was just like, whoa, where did that come from? He had some of those plays too, you know, those off schedule plays where he'd buy some time, keep his eyes downfield and, and make plays to receivers who, you know, in some cases weren't even in the progression. So they just think that he has what it's what, what it takes and his calmness, his cool under pressure, his poise, his pocket awareness. And also you know, he, he's an underrated thrower, I think. You know, he, he's never going to jump out at you as this you know, tremendous thrower. But um, underrated, however, you know, as we talked about up to this point, you know, what's he going to be like this year when he's coming off that injury? But, but certainly it is a concern that he's not able to go through those full speed reps during the offseason. You know, he's getting a lot of mental reps. He's going through the meetings and he's standing out there on the practice field and he's standing behind the quarterback and he's doing his own reads. He just can't physically throw the football right now. So since you're talking about throwing and a thrower, let's I know where this is going. I know where yeah. this is going. I do. You do this coming. Let's chat about potentially the greatest thrower of the football in San Francisco 49ers history, yeah. Sam Darnold. Yeah. So um, the, the point I was trying to make <laughs> is that, you know, when you think of Sam Darnold, you think of a guy who can throw the football, flat out throw the football. He's He hasn't been a, an above average NFL quarterback. He has, I don't know if he has even been an average NFL quarterback. But he has that one trait. It's the trait that got him drafted number three overall. And, you know, when I, you know, when you talk about quarterbacks in NFL history or 49ers history, you know, the first trait that comes to mind with Joe Montana, with, with Steve Young, it, it, it wasn't necessarily, oh, he's a great thrower. I mean, there's so I many, I could, I could list a dozen things with Joe Montana that made him a great quarterback. Now, I could list, you know, an equal number of things about Steve Young that made him a great quarterback no one would ever label those guys as throwers i would label sam darnold as a thrower because i don't think that that his potential has has, has even surfaced 
Um, and maybe he, he, you know, maybe all those other things, all those intangibles are, are those like kind of intrinsic uh, things that a quarterback must have. Maybe he just simply doesn't possess them. But as far as arm talent, I don't know that you can poke many holes in Sam Darnold as far as the ability from, again, a on-schedule play in the pocket, right. clean pocket, being able to deliver the football. In fact, like you know, Frank Gore, I just I was talking to him not too long ago, and he said that you know Sam Darnold will will shock you. He will surprise you in seven on seven. He'll surprise you in training camp in the offseason program because he he's in a very impressive thrower of the football. But in order for him to put himself in that conversation as a week one starter, assuming Brock Purdy isn't ready, he has to be a lot more than a thrower. He has to understand Kyle Shanahan's system and be able to make the right throw at the right time. Yeah, and and to that point, essentially what you're saying is it's the difference between a guy who can who has a hundred and one mile an hour fastball, but can he pitch? Right. Yeah. And, that's... and I, I, I bet you if you talk to, you know, some of the great throwers of the football, you know, when you just boil it down to, I mean, like Jeff George, you know, Jeff George was a tremendous thrower of the football, but, you know, on any top 100 list of NFL quarterbacks, he's not on it. And so that's that was the point I was trying to make as far yeah, as and, and I, I I got it. I was just giving you some some, no, some, I, and some I, fun and games over there. I've gotten a lot of blowback <laughs> from that. Yeah. It's so funny. Like like it happens to me all the time, Matt. Like I'll say, you know, uh, yeah, unfortunately, ankle fracture, and uh, the team will say fibula. Oh, you're wrong. It's not the fibula. Oh, come on. I mean, it's yeah. whatever. I mean, it's fine. Now with that the 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 throwing thing i did have you know this ties back to brock purdy and this is another piece of good news for tommy john ligament on brock purdy i've asked informally a number of nfl quarterbacks rich gannon jim miller the serious show that i do etc what percentage if a quarterback makes 40 throws in a game what per, look if a pitcher for the Giants throw makes 80 pitches, the vast majority are near max effort, not max effort, but near max effort. What per, number of NFL throws, if a quarterback throws 40 times in a game, is a near max effort throw? The answer I've gotten is about 10%, no more than 15. So this is where you say what you're saying about Montana and Young. It's playing the position. It's not throwing on a dime. Like, like right. you know, we when I was with the Chargers, we played against Jay Cutler. He had a great arm, but that almost led him to rely on the arm and thread the needle, which gave him smaller margins of error versus a Tom Brady that throws it on time to the right spot and or, or Drew Brees and, and Yak. They don't have the strongest arms in the world. And I think that's what you're talking about. But that's actually what bodes well for Brock Purdy. You're not looking at 40 max effort throws when he returns. It's just a handful at best. In right. a and, it, and, it's, and his game is predicated as, you know, Montana and Young. Not And again, gosh, now I, now I mentioned him in the same <laughs> sentence as those guys. So people are going to come down on me. But it, it's, about, it's about anticipation. It's about timing. You know, it, it's all those things. And, you know, when you when you just brought that up about the max throws, the only throw I can think of that's really a max throw is like that 22 yard out, you know, and it's it's a sideline throw where you have to put it on a line because you have a defensive back breaking and, you know, it has his eyes on an interception. I mean, even a go route, you're putting air under the football. And so it's not a max throw. Because you're lofty, and even though it might travel 40, 45 yards in the air, it's still a throw that you're you're using some touch. You're allowing the guy to run under it. But um, yeah, it's those those deep outs, those those you know on the you know outside the numbers throws where you have to drill it in there. That I can think of that those are the max throws that a quarterback must make. And also, right. but it also isn't the just the the mere 
um, mechanics of throwing a foot. Oh, completely different. different. Completely different. The, the mound makes a big difference. And, you know, and, uh, you it, know, it yes. That, that surprises me because you think that the mound would would be designed to take stress off the arm. Well, you know, in, in you know, if you look at baseball pitchers, they all have big, strong legs. You pitch with your legs and you translate that force all the way up through the slingshot of your back, your shoulder, your elbow, etc. Whereas quarterbacks, yes, you need footwork, throw, uh, you know, on time, on balance, etc. But you're not leaping and pushing into throws in football. So it's a different arm mechanic uh, that happens. And, and I'm just thinking too, a, a pit baseball pitcher is not influenced at all from outside forces. He, right, he can repeat the same thing over and over and over. Whereas a quarterback is, you know, often throwing from different arm angles, from different platforms. That's where it's harder uh, to throw a quarterback, be a quarterback versus a pitcher. It's not a static platform, right? So, but the doesn't actual also, throws are harder I, I, for a pitcher? But because of you know instantaneous changes in arm angle or something that happens dropping down and changing from what you're supposed to do. Uh, that's what makes quarterbacking and throwing harder than pitching. But overall, the effort-wise and the stress, it's it's more on pitchers. But, you know, but also, Dr. Chow, wouldn't you, if you're throwing in different ways, wouldn't there be less stress because you're, you're not doing the same thing over and over and over again that a baseball pitcher is doing? Well, there's certainly less stress just because of the number of, throws that are not near max effort versus a pitcher they go 80 or 100 but they threw a lot more pitches in warm-up too and in different things and the repetitive nature and the mound but the but also a, a, a quarterback is throwing every single day and a pitcher takes days off well, maybe in training camp, they're throwing every single day. <laughs> you're right. I mean, uh, depending in the season, most are not. Uh, but you're right. But the problem with changing arm angles, and this is what makes Patrick Mahomes so good, and this is why we talked and said, oh, he's going to be fine at the Super Bowl because he's not a, a on-access robot thrower. He can wrong-foot throw. He does it all the time when he's healthy and change arm angles. But what makes Mahomes unique is he can do that and still be accurate. Like your accuracy goes down when you're throwing off axis and different things. So final question on the quarterbacks. What does the addition of Brandon Allen mean? Here's a guy who's been an entrenched number two behind Super Bowl type and top teams and a top quarterback. Like you would imagine if he's leaving, he's leaving to try and be a starter or something. Coming to the 49ers, does he even have a path to be number two? Why is he coming, or is there something that I'm missing uh, here? Uh, yeah, he's. I know he's represented by the same agent that represents Brock Purdy. So I, I don't know if we can draw any conclusions into that. But you're right. I mean, when you look at a guy who's been the number two quarterback of you know an NFL cal or a uh, Super Bowl caliber team, you would think that his next job would be something similar, right? Uh, you know, kind of not necessarily guaranteed. Similar or better, right? Similar or yeah. better, yeah. yeah. Uh, he is 30 years old, so, you know, I don't think that there's a, you know, there. I don't think there would be a starting job out there for him. Um, it, it's interesting. They did guarantee him $200,000, which sounds like a lot of money and certainly is, but, you know, he gets that money. It's, it basically guarantees him, you know, a spot on the practice squad. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be with the 49ers. You know, as long as he gets that money somewhere, uh, the 49ers, you know, that's that's all part of it. Um, I, I just think it, it puts him in a position where maybe if there's another injury in training camp, uh, I think the 49ers are, or maybe, I mean, maybe what, what, if, what if Trey Lance just simply doesn't pan out and and he doesn't perform up to the standards of the team in the offseason program and training camp. I think the Fairers definitely will keep three quarterbacks. Um now whether that's three on the 53 man or two on the 53 man and one on the practice squad. So it just 
I mean, they got to open the season with three. I, and I think right now I, I would be mildly surprised if they don't keep three quarterbacks on the 53-man roster. Well, so, I, get it. I, I can understand why the 49ers would sign Brandon Allen. But why I'm do? not sure I understand why Brandon Allen would sign with the 49ers unless yeah. there's a piece that we don't know that Trey Lance is on the way out or Brock well, Purdy. He's going to make an opening day roster and have his salary guaranteed because he's a vested veteran uh, and and make a team that way. The the agent thing is intriguing between the yeah. two. But I, I just went, huh. On that yeah, one. I, didn't, no, I, I did not like the pickup. I'm just saying that's an interesting one. What does that tell us? I would say also, I think I think he sees a path to be on the 49ers team once the season starts. And I think what's the worst case scenario for Brandon Allen is that he comes to the 49ers. He learns, you know, from Kyle Shanahan and from Brian Greasy. You know, he gets a lot of offseason reps and when if he gets some bad news, um, you know, during training camp or at the end of training camp, now there are so many teams running some variation of that Shanahan system that it enables him to be a plug and play kind of guy somewhere else, you know, wh- wherever that is. It could be with, you know, or whatever the Rams, it could be with um, the the Jets, I guess it could be with the Dolphins, it could be with the Houston Texans. It could be with any number of teams that run that system back in Cincinnati. Um, so I think he felt like there's not a solid 100% number two job out there for him. So where can he go to further his career and maybe get his eyes open to some new ways of doing things and just be a better player and then let the chips fall where they may, whether that's staying with the 49ers or whether that's opening the doors up for some other teams that maybe have an injury and might have a need at that position. Uh, Yeah, and I would have thought the Rams would have been a better landing spot for him, and you talked about that. Okay, final question. I see they're about ready for me, and Sergey, thank you for taking extra time here. So schedule release day, and we're going to talk about this in the second half of the podcast here. People look at different things, and we'll talk about it. Players look at when the bye week is. Fans look at where I'm going to travel to or the or the big games. And we'll talk about what coaches look at, what, what wives and girlfriends look at uh, in the second part. That's the teaser. But what do reporters look at first when you get the schedule release? I think the things that, that I will look at is when are those road trips and wh- where are they kind of backing up? And I, I'm just kind of scanning my uh, – my the feed right now, my Twitter feed to tell you that, okay, the 49ers have a lot of road games. I mean, Philadelphia, Washington, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Jacksonville, all those like long trips. And so the first thing I'll look at is which games are back to back. And also does that open up the possibility of the 49ers staying on the East coast between two east coast games so then then i'll look then i'll say hey where are you guys staying and let's start booking that fits my answer absolutely is, everyone looks at different things what affects yeah. their life more look I'll, I'll let you in a secret wives and girlfriends look at at uh if if you're playing on Thanksgiving or Christmas, yeah. what holidays are you playing? That's the first thing they look well, at. You know okay. this, Everyone, this, is, this is a season with with some some Christmas games. You know, that I believe there's three Christmas games this year. So obviously that would be something I look at too. Uh, you <laughs> won't get me in trouble, Doctor Chow. No, but, and uh, and 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 you know they've already released the international schedule, and pretty clearly Jacksonville is going to play Week Four, stay in London, and play Week Five which actually opens up the door slowly for potential London expansion, this, that, the other in terms of travel, but that's a different subject. Matt, yeah, thank you so much. And we went over time with you. Yeah. Just quickly, you know, yeah. the have done this thing of, of staying on the, on the East coast, you know, they've stayed at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, like three years. They did Youngstown trips because of the, the Barlow York connection there. They did one year where they played Baltimore and then they played uh, New Orleans the next week and they stayed at IMG in Bradenton, Florida. So that's kind of like a, a uh, you know, a kind of a little training camp getaway for a team during the season. So with that many 
East Coast games, uh, I would fully expect them to try to do the same thing to cut down on the on the travel, uh, increase recovery time, and come back so that that second game of a East Coast trip they could be fresh and play good football, give them chance of better of playing better football than they would if they travel all the way back to California and then return and go all the way back. Yeah, well, we'll talk about this in the second half too. I'm running short here, but but in my experience with the Chargers and fly, look, West Coast teams have a harder time flying two games. East Coast teams have a harder time flying home because you finish up a, a West Coast game, you don't get home till three in the morning sometimes, and that's very hard. West Coast, it's about flying out there, and to me, it's a philosophical thing. Look, would you rather? Like nowadays, it's charters. You're not changing planes. There really aren't delays. Yeah, it's a long flight. Would you rather take that extra flight or would you rather spend seven extra days in a hotel or six extra days in a hotel room, five extra days in a hotel room? That takes it out of you too versus sleeping in your own bed. Now, some people with little kids would say, no, that hotel room helps me, right? And some would say the opposite, right? But yeah. that's sort of the intriguing balance that, that you play in terms of uh, staying an extra week somewhere, because not everyone loves that hotel room, you mm-hmm. know, uh, sleep and, and routine. It, it changes things. Matt, uh, anything else you want to say before we sign off and take a break before? No, I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for me through the years and and uh, appearing on my podcast, 49ers Talk. And it's been a, a pleasure to to talk uh, the, uh, the, the injuries and, and the kind of the state of the 49ers, because I tell you what, um, for for several years, I've been calling the 49ers the most fascinating team in football because of their quarterback situation. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. just kind of a, you know, a, a, a provincial view of this. I think they're really, they really have been fascinating to, to follow from that standpoint of, you know, the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing, the Trey Lance thing, and everything that was going on. Uh, and this year might be even more fascinating than the previous three years. And Jimmy Garoppolo's in, in Las Vegas. So we don't have him to talk about anymore when it comes to the 40 iron quarterbacks, but there's plenty to talk about. They've really built that roster around the idea of having a quarterback room where not a lot of money is invested. So that enabled them to go out and get a Javon Hargrave and keep the roster together. So it's a fascinating team to cover. And this offseason is going to continue to be fascinating. And the first weeks of the regular season will be fascinating to watch it unfold. And, you know, the final thing I'd say, everyone knows Kyle Shanahan's great in the whole deal, but I got to say, even though I liked and thought John Lynch, very smart guy, Stanford guy, the whole thing, I had my worries about going from the broadcast booth to being a GM, but I think the smartest thing he did was he realized he didn't know all the tricks of the trade as a GM. And he sort of was a leader, not a dictator of policies. And like he would gather the information from his assistants and whatever. And and he's been great as a GM, I think. Uh, And uh, because he listens instead of just saying, I know what's going on. And he comes in from another world and, and does it. And uh, I think he's done a great job there. And that's part of their success, obviously. Yeah, I think they both, you know, I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have both surrounded themselves with really good people. And all you have to do is look to see all the personnel people, scouts, executives who have gone on to general manager jobs elsewhere. And also on Kyle Shanahan's staff, all the coordinators and assistant coaches who have gone on to other jobs and head coaching opportunities elsewhere. So it's it's kind of interesting that, you know, when, when the 49ers made those hires of Lynch and Shanahan back in January of 2017, 49ers probably had the worst roster in all of football. And now, you know, these two guys who did not have experience as a head coach, did not have any experience as a general manager, are now developing other head coaches and other general managers. So it's 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 been remarkable to see the transformation of the organization from maybe the gosh, they were. I mean, it was so dysfunctional in, in the years before Shanahan and Lynch. And now, you know, now they've been in the NFC Championship game through the past four seasons. But Dr. Chow, as you know, in San Francisco, if you're not hoisting a Lombardi at the end of the season, <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, I, I get it. But but Shanahan and Lynch's tree is, heck, 
currently is greater than you know the Belichick tree and, and a lot of different trees. And so kudos uh, to to them. And thank you, Matt. We'll chat again. I really appreciate the time and the extra time in the early morning hour for this and uh, fun as always. Hang on tight here, and we'll be back for the second part of the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. All right, welcome back to the second part of the Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc podcast. Matt Mayaka was pretty good there. Uh, now we've got Jacob and Taylor back and uh, back at the office studios, done with surgery uh, for the morning there. What do you guys think? What was your big take on yeah, I was glad that he uh, clarified his Sam Darnold comments. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little confused on yeah. that to start. Yeah, he got got put through the ringer for that one. So, yeah, <laughs> I, it's I get a, what he's saying. He went three overall. People forget Sam Darnold went three overall. So, there's glimpses. There's talent there. <laughs> well, this is what I always said. You hear me a lot of times. Would I want a guy with a strong arm or an accurate arm or better decision making? It's decision making. That's what makes the quarterback. Yes, exactly. You gotta. You can't be inaccurate with the football. But this is what I always saw, and, and I was referring to it. The big-armed guys can rely on their big arm to make completions. But those then ultimately turn out to be tight window throws. And whether it's the elements or whether it's a tip ball or whether it's your hit when you throw, those turn into picks, right? Because you just can't always be like that if you're throwing in tight windows in college like you said it doesn't translate too much in the nfl right the windows only get tighter exactly. right if you yep. i mean i don't do film study per se but go look at tom brady's throws he's not he's placing them where they need to be he's right. not firing him to a tight window rarely rarely yeah i don't know that's just the way that i look at it and, and i've always said that about running quarterbacks too if you run out of necessity third and eight you need to get the first down i think you can make it if you run as part of your offense it becomes a, yeah it's yep. a lot higher chance that you're going to get hurt if you're making tight window throws on that one fourth quarter occasion because you have to and nothing else is there and it's third down or fourth down i think you can sustain that and get away with it if you're doing that routinely in the first quarter it's only a matter of time before the turnover so i mean being a thrower and a great arm is only one component but i am really curious about brandon allen did he fall out of favor he's a longtime number two guy with behind joe burrow yeah. <clears throat> why would you leave that unless they didn't want him anymore unless you're going to look charlie whitehurst was the longtime backup for philip rivers mm -hmm. People would argue that's the best job in football. He could have been employed another 10 years. But you know what? After a while, he said, look, I want my chance to start. He went to Seattle, didn't do much, and then sort of bounced around and then out. Mm -hmm. Why would Brandon Allen leave? I don't know. I mean, I didn't know about the agent connection. Maybe that seems a little that's intriguing. I don't know what, yeah. what that means. But uh, it sounds come, like Purdy might not make the, the opening roster. Well, he he's gone from a Super Bowl caliber team, what seemed to be a solid backup job, to a team without much of a guarantee, not a big payday, who ostensibly have four quarterbacks on their roster. And he's odd man out in musical chairs right now. Maybe right. that'll change. Right. But I don't know. That, that was an interesting uh, signing for me. But he's not just a camp arm, like you said. Is he's a little bit more than a camp arm. He's he's been playing enough, and he, he started when Burrow had the the ACL tear. Remember, he he started well, games multiple times. Well, I always say when something doesn't make sense from the outside, we just don't know the whole story. Correct. Now, is the whole story no conspiracy theory? But is the whole story they know there's a chance to start a little bit because Brock Purdy, Purdy isn't necessarily ready because it's the agent? That's a conspiracy theory. Right. Or, or is he not wanted? in other places anymore and this is the best that he can do i mean or or, or what is it there's something here mm -hmm. or the the 49ers whispered to him don't you worry we're trading trey lance you'll be on the roster spot yeah. you know I, I i don't know right those are just throwing darts all, all out there just throwing darts so, but that one opened my eyes a little bit like hmm, interesting yeah interesting I like that Mayoko was already looking to book his hotel for long road trips too on the East Coast. <laughs> All right, well let's 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 get to <laughs> this. That, we yeah. we've talked about this before a little bit. Okay, <clears throat> now, let me ask you. 
you're a 49ers guy. You're a, I almost said Oakland Raiders guy. <laughs> it's close enough. He yeah. followed them to Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Um, when the schedule, uh, there's been a trickle so far of the schedule release, international games, this, that, the other. Uh, and Black Friday game. <laughs> it's interesting. That yeah, they... it's a weird choice. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's okay. I'll <laughs> yeah. leave it alone. I, I was like, I will. Oh. I will. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know it's a traditional name. It's not a big deal. But anyways, um, what do you look for when the schedule is released? Well, like, you know all the opponents already, so that's not a, a big thing. But what's the first thing you look for? I already got what I need to know. Three three games on Christmas, some on, some on New Year's Eve. <laughs> so you <laughs> become gotta, a generalist. I, yeah, I got to oh, see. see. I'm looking at I'm looking at bye weeks and like strength of schedule, which is already known already. But I'm looking at the bye weeks because I need to know which fantasy players are grouped up in the same bye weeks. This proves my theory, (laughs) and Matt Mayako proved it too, and you guys just proved it, and I'll prove it for what I look at too. It's not bad, but there's always some what's in it for me selfishness when you look at it. Right. So Matt Mayako said, "Well, they're probably going to stay on the East Coast." And I need to figure out my hotel room because I don't want to get shut out. Of the, so that's Smart his first move. thing. Yeah. And because obviously he's going to stay with the team the whole week, right? That'll be a week-long road trip, family, whatever. So yep. I get that. Jacob went uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving after. He's like, got to lay the groundwork for with the, the significant other. So. <laughs> that's what my mom's worried about. <laughs> he's got to lay the groundwork yeah. for the significant other that he's going to be watching football games and or in the office in the war room yeah. or what have you. <laughs> lay the groundwork. Uh, I, I get that. <laughs> Taylor, because he's Mr. Fantasy Crazy, he's looking at bye weeks because he's trying to figure out <laughs> the bye weeks of all the teams <laughs> of who to draft and who to avoid. Now, here's what I've always said historically. So what do players look at? Players look at the bye week. Vacation. Thursday Is game. it too early, yeah. too late? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Secondary Thursday game. Yep. But the bye week's the first thing the Huge. players look, yep. look at. What do coaches look at? Uh, tough opponents back-to-back. I think divisional games. Divisional games, yeah. Because those are the ones that matter. you got to win the division yep. if you're going somewhere. Right. What do GMs in front office look at? Not sure. I think they look at stretches. Like of uh oh three games on eleven day stretch and this that the other because there's stats there's lots of stats for that yeah like when you uh, I think they look at that um maybe prime time games again maybe no that's fans oh, that's fans <laughs> they they don't P- care PR Fan, <laughs> fans look yeah. at how many prime time games yeah. you get because that's the first thing you see on Twitter why are the Kansas City Chiefs nine the games fans yeah, they love, look yeah. for. <laughs> primetime games first how many sunday night monday night what's the thursday what did we get that's what fans look at jets will finally get one probably so they did already they got yeah they got black Black friday Friday. yeah yes congrats yes (laughs) and and the interesting thing is don't open that door it's during the day yeah Yeah. it's it's when we're shopping (laughs) i am i I don't know most people are online but whatever (laughs) yeah yeah i would think you'd want it at night, night. yeah because you have nothing going on that day why would you have in the morning Uh, i mean you know the day after thanksgiving you've got your thanksgiving day post thanksgiving day football game (laughs) this i don't know people don't shop in the middle of night anymore right like they won't be tired to watch the game they might they might right i don't know but whatever i'm sure the nfl has done their homework in knowing what it is yeah and what have you um so the other thing fans occasionally look at i think is look if you're a packers fan you look at what time of year are the road trips to different places because maybe we're going to go somewhere (laughs) or or you're not in green bay when we go to see the packers and where this year and forgetting Um, about yourself too what did your side of the stuff look for okay well let me i'll tell you about my i know you're building up i'm sorry (laughs) i just like to um wives and girlfriends we mentioned it yeah Christmas, Thanksgiving, vacations, all the holidays. <laughs> yep, yep. My birthday. What conflicts this, that, the, the logistics <laughs> yep. of family, you know, home life, etc. That's a factor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas. That's the first thing they look at. Um, who? What are the? Categories? They care about weekday weekday games so much. Like, oh, I got to go okay. to Thursday. Like for me, the first thing I looked at is the three day road trips. 
because that affected my practice. I've got this private practice. If we play at home, I don't care. I don't care if it's Sunday night or Sunday. I don't even care if it's Saturday. We're playing at home. I don't even care that much if it's Thursday. I might have to end clinic early that day. But I care. Next time we get a player on, you can ask him that I was with. Who's the last person on the bus? It was pretty much always me. Because <laughs> okay. I was coming from surgery clinic. Oh, I got a rush. And now I also made it. The, the bus waits for nobody. You can't be late. But they wait for you. Everyone, no, everyone is pretty much there on the bus, like probably half an hour, 50, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Inside 10 minutes, there aren't 10 people that come on. I was always bus? one of them. Did you miss the bus before ever? Never? I missed the bus one time in <laughs> okay. my life. Okay, no, that's a, that's a good number. That's a good number. Yeah, and uh, and it was with uh, I'm resourceful. I tell the story. Actually, you know what? We should get Tim Dwight on the podcast. Okay. I, I missed it. I was sitting down in Miami at breakfast, and usually I sometimes I take the first bus because I'm bored of this, that, the other. But somehow. I was going to take the third bus. There wasn't any medical thing. That's going the last on. bus, the third bus. Okay. And security's in the breakfast room. Everyone, they clear. I'm sitting talking to Tim Dwight, player. And yeah, should we go? Yeah, we got a few more minutes. Okay. Should we go? Uh, finally says, oh, let's go. Okay. I mean, there's security on every bus, this, that, the other. They take roll. They ain't going to worry if I'm not on the bus. What are your starting wide receivers at the time? That's a big deal. Bus, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I go, we got there. And there's no bus. It's like, <laughs> what happened? He's like, they left us. And he's trying to figure out how to, I'm like, that's that's a new one. I mean, <laughs> I thought I was fine because I'm sitting with him. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, You're not going to leave him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you, so actually I got us a ride there. Because uh, uh, you're more resourceful than Tim Dwight. I'm pretty resourceful. Yeah. We can get when Tim comes on. There's some yeah. funny stories from Tim that we should tell. He's a pretty funny guy too. Uh, 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 My dad tried to. He thinks he played like him in school. He was like fast and <laughs> can catch a little bit. He wasn't. So. There's actually some pretty good medical stories related yeah. to Tim Dwight. We'll, we'll have to get put him, him on. on the list. Yeah. Anyways, I saw we called him Delta Bob. He's our charter guy with okay. Delta. Nice and. He often has to return a minivan that the team uses or this, that, the other. I said, Bob, we got to get, okay. He took us. And the hardest part was like getting to the right area, right? Because security blocks you off. Bus and has no that. problems. Yeah. yeah, the buses has a police escort. Yeah. And, you know. You had a prize commodity with you, though. They should be ushering you through a little bit, right? <laughs> Maybe. But A, we're in Miami. Okay. Oh, okay. Be no offense to my boy Tim. He looks like every other dude out there. Like a chemistry so, teacher. Or something. I mean, no, I, I don't know about you. chemistry teacher, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no. he I does not look like yeah. a football player as he's sitting in the car, you know. <laughs> and That's so, uh, you know, you know, uh, although having him in the car that that is a punchline that we'll talk about and recount some of the medical stories. But For sure, that's the only time I missed the bus. Otherwise, so anyways. Off track, I'm sorry. Off track. Yeah, yep. I always looked for the three-day travel games and or the off-kilter. Like a Thursday away game kills you. That yeah. means you got to stop your practice yep. Wednesday and there's, you know. Reshuffle everything. The yep. off-kilter games. That's yep. kind of what I looked for. So anyways, everyone looks for different things, which is all good, I guess. Not looking forward to that coming out. Uh, little stuff's leaking out in minicamp, like Isaiah Pacheco, the – labrum from thumb surgeries and so we're, we're tracking all that one insight did you see facebook donna kelsey to, um travis and uh jason's mom she revealed the international games before anybody else did so that was cool sometimes you gotta look through facebook to find wow. she's a newsbreaker yes yeah so, so much for tyree kill looking for the return <laughs> he saw that, yeah. <laughs> i'd be so mad if i was him <laughs> Because he was promoting that earlier in the off season too. But, you know. Well, the most interesting thing I saw is that Jacksonville has two games. Yeah, back to back. What is that? Which, the well, London Jaguars. They are the London team, though, Doc. First right? of all, that means they're going to stay there. All yes. Week. Yeah. Second yeah. of all, I've said this for a while. Yeah. In terms of flight distances and time zones, it's not unfeasible to have a London team. What is hard is players and lifestyle and of course you can figure out 
taxes and for sure international currency but uh i mean do the flight times new york to london is like basically no different than new york to la in terms of flight time right yeah it might even be shorter it might right? be shorter i think a little um, bit, yeah someone can look that up but it's not that materially different it's certainly shorter than miami to seattle or seattle to miami across yeah so um one of these days i mean you could see you know uh look is it that big of a stretch to now do four games in london for jacksonville games four and five and game 10 and 11 like next year they give them four next year they give I mean, them eight. Not, All of a sudden now the you're now there. you're halfway there <laughs> yeah, to, <laughs> you know uh kind of thing so anyways uh, that was the most intriguing thing. But I always found it interesting when everyone looked at, at schedule release time. Uh, everyone looked at something a little different. Then all the analysts is who's got the favorite schedule, who got right. screwed, who, you know, this, that, the Quarterback other. matchups, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, the, the TV bidding for the games this year will be interesting, too. Yeah. Um, but you brought up a point about Pacheco and others. Uh, I promise you there are multiple surgeries on every NFL team that we don't know about yet that hasn't been announced because there's no mandatory reporting in the off season. So how they come up is on social media or the GM speaks on it or head coach speaks on it as they go to mini camp or when there's now open practices for mini camp or something, they go, well, why is that guy in a sling? Or where's that guy? It's the trickle and we'll monitor that. But as I always said, there are way more two or three times, sometimes more surgeries after the season than during. Right. So we'll unpack all that for everybody. And it doesn't mean surgery happened right for mini camp. Or no, no, no. It's they just, it, just since right the last the time season. they talked yeah. at the end of the season. It's, an hour, it's an hour extra just to go back to the flight times. Um, London hour extra. That's it. I would add that to a flight. I don't make it, not gonna make a difference, right? Just the time zone stuff. You have to continue. Just to go with, back but... to what you're saying, yeah, that yeah. is feasible. Yeah. Uh, Taylor's team's doing pretty well, and beads, uh, beads back, looking active. He looked better the last game. Yeah. Now, did he b- look better because he got rid of the brace? The sleeve's not doing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> or does he look better because he no longer needs the brace? I think he needs the brace. I think the only thing that looks different is that he's cutting to the net more. So like right before he was a blimmer, he was a black hole. You give it to him after like he'd shoot a jump shot. And if you missed it, play's done. Right. But now like looks like there's more movement on offense. He's passing more. So step-by-step process. Like you said, he's not a hundred percent. Right. But we're right around the time that the PRP is supposed to be kicking in. Right. Yeah. It's probably. Yeah. So yeah, he's looking better. Does that PRP last the entire playoffs or would he need one if they go further? Should last. Okay. Should last. Tyler Hero should be coming back if Miami gets the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what we always said. Yeah. I remember us never thinking that was going to be a possibility because I was either playing number one seed or I was not. Like, but they lose, he, they lose him against the Bucks. Everyone just wrote well, it off. So I mean, if you look at sick insights in the articles, I think we said my he can come back if Miami goes deep. And they're deep. Yeah, yeah. That, that was deep. the hard part. Yeah, it was well, him beating the timeline. It was uh, Miami beating they, they, anybody. Yeah, <laughs> the way they looked at the start of the playoffs. So. Absolutely. Uh, uh, well. No chance for Chris Paul in Game Six. They're down three two. Not even ten minutes <sighs> off do, the bench. They do need him, the so like, they're gonna probably give some false stuff out. Like, oh, we, he's gonna try. But he already is said he that. I'm gonna yeah, try. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure he's gonna try, but I don't see him. Uh, well, we'll have to look at it. I, there's no way he'll be 100% if he yeah. does. And uh, we'll have to figure out how to play it. Good job taking the Durant and the over on assist, right? The ball's going to go through him, so mm-hmm. he's going to come up with a couple more assists. They lost by a bunch. Um, he had one assist in the first quarter, and I kind of like stop watching the game because I get upset when our bets don't do good, like personally. So, like, and then I went back to the quarters. game. I know four quarters is right. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but yeah, I want to guarantee he got like four or five in garbage time, too. Yeah, <laughs> well, fourth quarter was well, what, what, what it's called is they know when the rubber meets the road, Durant's going to shoot the ball, and so they start to yeah. stuff off, double, mm-hmm. triple team him, and now here come assists, yep. right? I mean, late yeah, assists exactly. for sure. Kicking out the threes, they're desperate too to to come back in the game, right? So just game script flow, uh, kind of deal. Uh, I don't know about you, I'm kind of disappointed that uh, that Jokic and uh, Matt Deshibia 
controversy yeah, yeah. this be a controversy it's too nice way. now it should be drawn out a little longer no you're right <laughs> i thought it was funny yeah. i thought it was funny all along and, uh, and we, no you you're calling him a phone number and you're like he should it'd be funny like you know if he didn't go to the game or they didn't let him go to the game it would be really awesome if the first thing they said it was like not allowed to go to the game matt can't say his well, name sorry, but yeah. I, I don't know i think i think if anything Jokic uh, saved his life because yeah. by doing that pregame, the fans probably got off of him. <laughs> yeah, he did. If he was really going to sit there courtside, he would have gotten a lot of grief all yeah, game. Yeah, you're right. Extra security and the and the whole. He, look, I don't blame him. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. He clearly <laughs> held on to the ball yeah. to help the Suns. He, he played basketball. He knew yeah, what it exactly. was. Exactly. Yep. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, that Jokic push was like, I mean. <laughs> Like to, if it were another NBA player, they wouldn't even have turned around. But right. you know, I don't know. I, I got away with my my uh, wardrobe comments, though. No one really. Got I know. No, too one, much. no one cared about the plumber, plumber crack. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not one to talk. Okay, <laughs> but I never played basketball for Michigan State, right. Michigan State, and you know, I'm not in the greatest of shape. This, that, the other. He looks so small. And Sydney, Australia says you're a pretty good athlete. (laughs) (laughs) That is, he looks so small. So, I mean, most people, if if you would have put up there, this guy was with the Michigan state basketball team as a walk-on player or as a team manager. What's the Twitter poll say? (laughs) He's a team manager. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Just saying. Not denigrating his abilities or or whatever. And the guy has 7 billion reasons why he can look how he wants to look. But I think these owners want it. Like they think they're part of the team. Like they buy the team and they're like, I'm on the team. I feel like I would be the same way. Yeah. Like I can't Steve, blame him. Steve Ballmer, like the yeah. Clippers, he's very like, you know, Mark if Cuban. I, yeah, if you're Mark spending a billion like dollars on for... a team, like I kind of think like I'm sixth person on the court a little bit. <laughs> Money <laughs> yeah. buys almost everything. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. What else we got today? Baseball. Baseball. I want to go to Bryce Harper. He's been doing well since coming back, but it wasn't the batting ever, right? Yeah. This. <laughs> We had a fight on this. Yeah. <laughs> what is his six score? I was like, put in the 90s. He's fine yep. hitting, but he's not playing defense. But no one expects him to play defense. Everyone's just worried about his hitting. No, you said from his a pure standpoint, you're right, but like probably wrong overall. Right? You're probably right. I mean, no one's no one's taking over under on putouts. Okay. Put, the, put that <laughs> up there. Put it up there. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's whatever. Um, what else? Um, I'm sure some Houston fans hate us again yeah throwing out the you stuck in on bad news <laughs> do i do i need to say it? <laughs> they're in better shape than the braves though the braves are dropping people left and right i was talking yeah. about that taylor this morning they got yeah, kyle everyone wright. on IO. kyle yeah. wright with the right shoulder for the second time in less than two months max e- Reed, yeah forearm, max freed forearm tightness you have ian anderson who's yeah. out for the year with a tommy john then Soroka, who's been yeah. in, he's been had two Achilles tears in the last couple of years, and he's uh, five ERA in minor leagues. So they're desperate. Yeah, maybe maybe Acuna's doing well though. Major League Baseball needs load management. <laughs> Remember, it doesn't work, Doc. Remember, no, they already have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, um, rest days. Yeah. All right. Anything else here? Uh, Beast of the week. I got the hockey guy that took pucks to the face. They scored after though, so I'd be very upset because he watched that happen. Maybe not a clear view of it. What about the, what about what about the pitcher that the ball off his head? Yeah, walking off after that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Or or maybe the catcher that stayed with the play and put the he, guy. He, he threw the guy out because it, it went to the vet. He said it trickled to the mount, trickled to the catcher, and he threw him out. Right I mean, he's like, oh, I'm gonna get this eye out before I check out my pitcher here. I mean, he that's... didn't fall down though, which is props to Riarbro. He was he was able to walk off, but he was holding his head. Yeah. I don't know the latest, but I think he's gonna be okay. Yeah, and we'll detail. There's a media immediate aisle stand. They just haven't said obviously when he will return, but we think that's better news than not, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to return right off. What was the picture you said? Uh, Brandon McCarthy, he had immediate surgery after getting hit, and yeah, this didn't happen to he's got the nasty horseshoe scar. So at least Yarbrough avoided that. So that's already better news, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Yeah, the thing you worry about most is some sort of intracranial bleed, and as long as you don't have that, and you worry worried a little vision. bit, right? Because he was bleeding or something yeah. coming out of the nose. Vision yeah. problem yeah. is number two. Yeah. Right. And then the rest of it, 
as nasty as it looks would work out. That's why they, I don't know, you know, the softball guys got masks on and the Pinto little baseball players have masks. They do. On. Everybody has masks. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, who, who knows? The hockey players don't, though. No, they're too crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe they did, didn't play with them. It's crazy. They didn't play with helmets. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Were you old enough to see that? Yes, yes. I, I I used to have season tickets of Flyers. I used to meet all those old guys, and they they don't seem very. With <laughs> <Not it>. with <laughs> yeah. The goalie I met, he actually his career ended because he was playing goalie without a mask, and he took a puck to the eye, and the eyesight was damaged. So crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Happened. Yeah, it's nuts. This is vulcanized rubber, like goalie without a mask. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Crazy. He's Justin's reaction time. Oh, he was that good. It's crazy. <laughs> yep. That, that is crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. the problem is, sure, if you see the puck, yeah, it's not going to hit you in the face. But when you're screened or when it's tipped, that's where you get all the Got trouble. No and they screen on purpose. That's part of the game to make sure they can't see. So, yeah, you're just last second right, right there hitting them. <laughs> Yep. All right. Uh, so let's do schedule release and let's see what else happens. And yep. uh, anything else we got today? Uh, we'll get Tim Dwight on. We we have a good guest on next week. What about the golf tournament too? I feel like um, Woodhead and um, Dave need to do that. We need to. Fix oh that yeah, up. Da- yeah. We got to see. If it's summertime coming up. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like need the weather to get nice. I remember uh, Woodhead didn't want to come down because of the winter, right, or something. So he should be able to now. Let's six see. sponsor. And we we that's our yes, exactly yeah. yes yep tournament. He All said right. he only wants to play at a uh, Tory, right? Woodhead said that he's been whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, remind me. I'll. Yeah. I'll no, I think I'll, that's a that would we'll be cool. Too. Yeah. I'll look at setting that up again. Woodhead versus David Bin. Mm-hmm. How did Danny do this year? Did he didn't qualify for anything? Did he? I think year? it's coming up. Oh, I remember so it was up. like, yeah, he was, yeah, he's going to oh, do it so again. He might, yeah. he might be, we, we might be getting in the way of his serious training. Yeah. Right or he something. might just come in with like he a buzzsaw and just beat yeah. him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc Podcast. Uh, lots of fun today. And still always lots of news going on. And uh, mini camps. Yep. All that stuff. Uh, yeah. Hit the subscribe button and. As a matter of fact, if you want to know about Bo Jackson and intractable hiccups, it is a real thing. Uh, go to sportsinjurycentralsicscore.com. Thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.